the idea of in number five, in the first five, he had defined what the uh, mitzvah is, what the mitzvah's essay. Now he says, The knowledge of this is a mitzvah's essay of a and this we explained last time why it's written in terms of a flat statement rather than believe that it's one or so on. Now he says, V'chol ha'male al daito, any person that imagines that there might be another God besides him, over below Tase is um, transgresses a prohibition. It says, You shall not have other gods on my face. Now, the Rambam here is, brings the prohibition is you shall not have other gods. Not everybody agrees with the Rambam about this prohibition the way he has it. Some shito say that worshipping God, other, an other god, worshipping like an idol or something, is where you have a prohibition. But simply thinking that there might be another god, there is no prohibition. That is one um, many Rishonim all like that. There is, there is no prohibition about thinking. I mean, it, it may be inappropriate, may be advisable, but the Torah very rarely gives transgressions that are not tangible. Um, so, so if the Torah writes lo so it's got to be where you do something. You actually worship or, or make one, like it says lo That is many Shins Rishonim. The Rambam does not say so. They also ask that. Usually when you have a pair of a positive commandment and a transgression, one is the flip side of the other. Like, eat matzah, don't eat Here, you have, one of them is to believe in God. Should not the other one have been, not to believe, not to deny God. He is saying that worshipping another God is not having a limacher. Why, why doesn't it say that somebody doesn't believe in God? That's another issue they raise with the Rambam. Hmm. The, um, so one possible, I mean, those, those are issues that are raised by commentaries, by, by Rishonim and Samachronim, raise these issues. One possibility might be that the, another being is tantamount to not having a God. The Rambam is going to explain later, the next, in the very next piece, that the oneness of God is not just another property of His. Like, you know, God's got many nice things about Him, but one of them is that He comes in a set of one. You know, He's, he's merciful, He's kind, and, and He's also only one of them. But the, the Rambam links oneness to the core belief of God. The, the Rambam will see later, or soon, that the, the oneness and incorporality have to be one and the same. You, you don't have a God that's incorporeal if there's more than one. So actually, uh, believing that there might be another one, for instance, the way if, if, if somebody believes in Yeshua as well, if, if you understand him as being a God, you're denying God, not adding. Now, it's w- one, of the, one of the very um, simpler, simple uh, arguments that Christians is, like, what harm is there in adding another one? You know, we believe in God and... So, like, 
what's, what's the problem with believing in two things? The Rambam says that believing in two things destroys the one thing. It's not God at all. There are no gods. Two gods are no gods. Uh, and so could very well be the Rambam is saying it to tell you that an other god is tantamount to um, not believing God. I, I think that, that that's a possibility. The Kafa Be'ikr, and not only does has he denied, not only has he transgressed a particular Avera, but Kafa Be'ikr, he's denied a very, very fundamental principle. Shezehu Ha'ikr Agadul It is the fundamental principle that everything else is dependent on it. Because the rest of Torah all rests on the belief in God and God as, as, as supreme commander and so on, which all follows from this point over here. So basically, A, he's um, transgressed a particular, uh, a particular thing, and secondly, he's also basically toppled the whole building of Torah that he's keeping in, in, in believing in something else. There's one more point about the Ramah that's worth mentioning. The Ramah says a term, v'chol ha-ma'ale al anyone that imagines the 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 um, it, it's interesting the phrase peach peach the, um, the the Rambam says that he says it before also in in number two vimyala ladas if you could imagine that he that that he's not around <coughs> or if you could imagine there are no others around I, I don't know the Rambam chooses an interesting phrase thanks a lot thank you very much is the sugar here also or? oh sure yeah. you have. Okay, thanks. The the um there's one other place that I know that the Rambam the Rambam speaks about Yala Das. And I think in the context that he says over there he means the same thing. The Rambam says that a person is not allowed to um in, involve himself in other beliefs. To or raise issues. I think what the Rama means to say is the following: If a, a person, a per, if a person has an issue, he has to resolve it. If you've got a question, you can't just say, "I don't want a question." It, it's got to make sense. Something that doesn't make sense doesn't make sense, and you can't fool yourself into believing something you don't believe. That's not, it's, not, it's, it's not reasonable. It's, it's not right. So, if a person has an issue with a god. And is there a God? Is not a God that's bothering him? He has to resolve it. He can't just say, you know, I'll think about it. Um, who is it that told me he was in some sort of Christian group? And anytime he had some issue, they told him just pray. You know, <laughs> I, because if you have doubt, then prayer is 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 the answer for it. But th- th- there's something there about it that's not obvious. Yeah. But it reminds me of something that I don't know where I heard that you know even in in Yiddishkeit that if you do then the kavanah will come through doing. And I know whether I, this was a Chabad thing I heard, but just doing the mitzvah itself, if you, like if you don't really believe in tefillin, but you put on tefillin every morning, then eventually you're going to really understand tefillin. Well, the there is, it's, well, it's true that there is a hashpah, but you can't just disregard. It's true that you'll never understand tefillin unless you put them on. I mean, no, no, no explanation to explain tefillin or, 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 or whatever. But let's say a person has a question. Um, whatever it is in a muna. A person's working out as a muna. You can't just say belief. It, it, it's, it's got to make it's got to make sense. I think what the Ramam is talking about is, especially when he says it over there, just later on, it, it means a person introducing 
a hypothesis for no reason. A person can sit down, it's like when you're doing a study, like, like let's say when you're a doctor. So the first thing is you notice a bunch of patients come in with symptom X. So obviously you've got to start asking yourself where's it coming from and, and what's going on. On the other hand, when a person initiates a study, he says, let's try to remove organ A and see what the results are. So you are initiating a process of exploration. So if a person, if a person has to build a certain logical construct of what he believes in, and, and, and that has to make sense. It has to fit in. It has to make sense. It, 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 it obviously has to be with the terraces, but, but it's, got, it's, it, it's not a belief unless it makes some sense. But if a person's not saying, let's imagine there is no this. Let's think there is no that. What would be wrong if that and that? That, I think, is improper. I think that's what Ramam means. So, Yawa Das means a person creates that assumption. Ramam feels that what he said until now is axiomatic. And by, by trying to create a hypothesis just for the sake of a hypothesis, that's where you run into a problem. You're creating another God in a sense. It's not a question that has to be answered, but you're interested to say, well, what, let's say that Yeshua is also valid. And, and, and then, I think that might be the, 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 the flow of it. Because he says it in two and three, because two and three, he feels, are just impossibilities. There is no such thing as the world not existing or God not existing. So Yalala Das means a person creates that hypothesis. He says, well, if God were not to exist, then it can't be anything else exists. If the world were not to exist, God does not cease to exist. Both of these are not real-life situations. They're just hypotheses for the sake of, of, of creating a statement. In this case, he means just entertaining something that, that, that's not real. You're just entertaining it for the sake of that. that, that I, I think that's what he means. Okay, be it as it may. Zion, 7. This is a very, very important point in the Rambam. God is one. He's not two, no more than two. There is nothing like his oneness in the entire world. It's not like one that, that, that includes others. And not one that has divisions in it. Let's explain point by point. First of all, the Rambam says he's one and not two. Well, obviously, I mean, he's one, he's not two, and he's not more than two. Well, obviously, I mean, why the fancy language? God is one, he's not two, and he's not more than two. I mean, when you talk with somebody, you say, okay, I'm not going to give you, you know, a dollar over, over 100 and not a nickel over 100. So fine, that's just a nice way of, 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 of doing the, you know, it, it's, a, it's a way of expressing something. What does, it, what does it mean God is not one, not two, and not many? He is one. Yeah, he's one, but not two, sorry, but not two, and not, you're a little today, John, but, and, and, and not many. What's the, what's the, what does he want of it? So, I mean, two doesn't refer to Christianity. If we would have said three, I'd say that he's tossing in an underhand pitch on Christianity. <laughs> so, the, the, the Pshara thing is like this. There are, in, in, in the mistake of believing, um, of not believing in one God, there are two broad directions that were followed. One direction was that everything in the world that is that has some power or some substance to it is 
a, a is a being. It's a power. There is food. There, there is wealth. There is health. There is power. There is might. You know, you take anything in the world that that uh, has some sort of um, it, it's some sort of koach, and you say that's it. it. You know, money is power. Period. So money is something. Health is something. Strength is something. That's it. The, the way uh, an older idol worshiper would have said the god of trees and the god of waters and the god of fish and the god of that it simply means you take anything in the world that is a group it's a cloud we're a little more sophisticated so we speak about you know economics and biology and this and that but basically what we mean is certain things are, are an entity to itself the laws of biology and laws of economics have not do each other They're, each one is its own entity and that's that so one belief of Avodah was many gods meaning basically everything is a self-contained power twos are more sophisticated than that the mistake of twos which was like I mean the Zoroastrians were, were noted for it but even the Christians a, a, a lot of the prominent Christians is not forget about the Yeshu figure it's their belief that good and bad are two separate forces right? Satan yeah, the Satan and, and the, the minions of evil, that type of stuff. The, the, the thing in the world that are in conflict can't be resolved. Good and bad cannot come from the same place. As I don't have a problem with a God who's in charge of health and wealth and power and might, everything like that. But opposites, such as good and bad, that can't go together. Fire and water. Um, was was a classical example. So, so it, by the Bora, it says, if you take a look, it's very interesting, on the Makos. So all of them, Paro said, oh, I see God is, is, is mighty and great and phenomenal and I, terrible, terrible. The one place where he changes a little bit is by Barad, by Hales. It says, now I see that Hashem Elohim is the greatest. It's the only place in the Torah, except for the very beginning, where Hashem is used by Elohim together. It, it, the reason is because in Barad, we had fire and water together. It was it was a combination of opposites. It wasn't just a miracle. It was, it was a combination of total opposites. So, the, the Hashem and Elohim are the two different um, ways in God relates us. The two broad ways: Hashem is Midas Rachmim, Elohim is Misadin. So, a person can look at the Jews' miraculous sprouting in the last fifty years and say God is great. A person can look at Auschwitz and say there is a terrible God who's, 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 who imposes justice in, in, in a most stringent way. And he can believe in God of Auschwitz. But that the God of Auschwitz and the God that in 50 years the Jewish people have sprung back and developed and, and everything that they have today is the same God, that's really hard. To, to, that's, that's very, very difficult. The, the Gemara says it actually. It says, Hashem Echad. So the Gemara asks himself, what do you mean? It says, Vaya Vayema Huya Hashem Echad Hashem Echad. And that day, Hashem is going to be one, and, and His name will be one. So he says, well, and today is, is, is many gods. What does it mean Hashem will be one? So the Gemara says, today is different. Tomorrow is different today, because today we make a separate blessing on somebody passing away, and a separate blessing on somebody, on, on good tidings. When you hear that a child is born, you say, Atova Meitiv. If you hear that somebody passed away, say dynamis. So it's the same God, but relate them differently. We can relate to God, the giver of life. We can relate to God, the taker of life, but not one and the same. It's not the same person. So it that's the same entity. Well, it is, it, it is but, but, but it's hard for us to relate like that. It, it, it's, it's a different mode. We can relate... We relate to God as judgment. I relate to God as... It's just like when you live with somebody, and sometimes the person is very nice, 
and sometimes the person is difficult. So you say, you know, there's two of you. When you're in a good mood, things are going okay, there's nobody nicer than you to be with. When you're under pressure, you're impossible to live with. That, yeah, that's a very typical, so you say there's two of you. You know, in a sense, there, there are two of you. There is the, the, your, your, your mentality when things are good and your mentality when things are tough. So the same thing we say there's a God who punishes and is, is stern and it demands, you know, to the letter of the law, and it's all God. Something as terrible as, as, as the Holocaust could not have happened without God and so much Ashkacha, fine. And then there's a God that, that has taken Jewish people and made a blossom in, in 50 years. But it's not the same mood. It, 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 there are two modes that don't rec- they're not coming from one place. Um, just like a kid, let's take a teacher who's a very professional teacher. So when he goes into a classroom, he's not affected by the kids and his mood doesn't change. He says, okay, these kids are now in such a mode, we've got to switch to being strong, tough, mean, nasty. And he gets up and he has a very serious face. He says, listen, anyone's not going to bring a homework tomorrow, it's going to fail, anyone's going to do this, and that. Then when kids are down, whatever, he says they need encouragement, that could be very nice and very sweet. The kids think, if he's a good teacher, that it's two separate people. He's a, you know, he's a bad mood, he's this nasty person, and so on and so forth. But it's, it's the same teacher just using different communications to get a certain thing across. So understanding the harder of the... T- understanding God as many gods is primitive. And that's relatively easy to overcome. But to understand real opposites as being one God... That takes a lot of a lot of doing. A person has gone through a very difficult time, and a person has gone through a good time, and understand not this is God and this is God, but it's the same God. And now I needed a push, and now I needed a pull. That's a really hard one. There's a beautiful pasuk. It says, your staff and your um, whip rod will will comfort me." It's a, a staff and a rod are the same stick. One of them is used to beat, and one of them is used to stand on. And he says, as long as God interacts with me, I feel good. When I'm abandoned, it is uh, for a child, a good father is wonderful. A tough father is difficult. A non-father is the worst. Uh, it, the worst thing you can do for a child is throw him out, God forbid. Because he can cope, even with a difficult father, he can't cope with a father just just doesn't father him. So when, when he says, when God is interacting with me, whether it's by, by, by giving me comfort or by disciplining me, I'm confident. Because in both those cases, I've got God with me. It's, it's, if there is no God, you know, when God just casts me off, that, that I'm, that I'm in, in, in difficulty. So believing that God is not two is really... So, so the, the, there's three things. God is being one. That God is not two and not more than two. Now, He is one in a way that there is no other oneness. Meaning, He's not like one in the sense of a confederacy, like the United States of America. The United States of America is one nation under God, but it's one nation by combining 50 states. So you, you have one nation, which is really a, sum, a summation of 50. You can identify 50 separate sub-entities that make up that oneness. So he said, God is not that type of oneness where it's a combination of 50. That is a combination of many. 
we don't have that all that often because um, for us, most things are compositions. The question is just of what? Um, different uh, materials, different molecules, different atoms. But very few things, an atom is itself is a, is a combination of different particles. We're always looking to see what particles make up something. God is one without seamless one. No no composition. Velo echad, and he's not one, kiguf shunechlak the machlokas octavos. And he's not one with different organs. For instance, there are two ways we can get we can get one and still not be one. One, one way of getting one is you get 50 people in an area and they get together and say let's be one community and pitch in and build a shul and so on. So, so that's one that is the combination of things that join together. Each one had its own identity and they get together to make up one thing. There's an opposite direction. A, a human being is always one. But you can recognize clearly defined subunits. He's got hands, he's got feet, he's got a stomach, he's got a nervous system, he's got a circulation system. So you can understand that also. It is a oneness that we have no counterpart to it in the world. I want to try to explain um, what it refers to. Obviously, I mean, we're not talking about a body. And the Ram later says so. The Ram says so. That, that if, if anybody is, is still believing God being a body, is really far behind. The thing we're talking about most specifically, where it comes into into really an area of a question of emuna, is Akadosh Baruch Hu's Hanhaga, Hashgacha, Malachim, these type of things. You'll find all sorts of Gemaras. Akadosh Baruch Hu gives his Chesed now. Akadosh Baruch Hu is giving his Minisadid. Akadosh Baruch Hu sends this angel. Akadosh Baruch Hu sends that angel. There is a whole spiritual interplay of different spiritual forces. God said, I want you to daven to me in the following way. You say, Hashem, Hashem, Kel Racham, V'chanan, Rechapayim, Rechesed, Emesom. So are these different subdivisions of God? It, it was one of the sticky issues of Kabbalah. It's actually written up in, in Truvis in the following language. People accused the Mekubalim of being idol worshippers. They said, no, this, this was, uh, it, it's funny because today Mekubalim are holier people and whereas there was a lot they were greeted with at different times with a lot of suspicion they said are you not making ten gods out of one god you're telling me god has ten spherot so uh, it, it, you're basically telling me that th there are ten gods if, look, for instance, if I say that, that you know what can you tell me about Ruvain Ruvain is intelligent he's got a nasty temper and he's oblivious to pain so, I'm telling you three things over here, and I can play one off against the other. I can, if he's very intelligent, I can reason with him not to lose his temper, or I can get on his, I can get on his nerves and have him do something stupid. It, it, when I describe somebody in three different ways, I say, listen, this guy's got three things. He's he's smart. He's he's got a nasty temper, and he likes this. So basically, when when I'm splitting up the personality, I'm telling you I could play one off against the other. I could play his temper off against his intelligence, intelligence against his temper. So I'm making three units out of that one person. That's what I'm doing. So when I speak of God's different attributes, am I not doing the same? Just like if I were to say about you, that you have the following attributes, what I'm saying is there are subdivisions. You could play one against the other. Doesn't, does that mean the same thing about God? 
So, even though the Rambam wasn't involved in Spirot and stuff like that, but we describe God. Chanun, Rachum, Erech HaPayim, Rav Chesed, Kano, Noke, Eish Ochla, Eini Hashem, 101 descriptions of God. So, he's, so he says it is one in a way that we can't understand. Because we can think of, we can say all of them together are God, and that's wrong. It is the same way, and, and the best illustration to use is the example I gave with a teacher. A person has got different sides to himself. I say this guy is intelligent, and he's got a nasty temper, and he likes fast food. Three attributes of the person. And I'm dealing with three parts of style because, like I told you, you can play one against the other. Let's say you have a superb teacher. And he doesn't get caught up with his classroom's uh, emotions. Um, I used to have a Rebbe who was really extraordinary. I may have had some still alive. I had him 33 years ago as a Rebbe. And he's, uh, he's still, uh, he's next to Israel now. He's one of the old mashkich, a very, very special person. And what I remember about him, extraordinary, is that he was a real mechanach. In other words, he was a mechanach. And his own personal feelings in life were gone when he went into the classroom. And he understood kids very well. Even though he was European, he understood English, he understood kids. He was an extraordinary person. Big tzaddik, very big tzaddik. So I remember he once had to yell at somebody. And he felt that this kid also would, would you know, take it harshly. But he had to be told. So I remember he said, listen, he said, if I were a type of guy to lose my temper, I would say, and then he went off. How can you do something other than the whole thing? Then, when he finished, he smiled. He said, but you know, I just don't lose my temper, so I can't do that. <laughs> and it was, very, it was very sweet. So on the one hand, he got his message across in a very sharp way. He got his message across, you know, quite clearly what the evaluation of the situation called for. But on the other hand, it, it, he didn't get that, that, that resistance like when you blow up at somebody. So, 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 the, so when that teacher walks in and he says, okay, um, today he's angry, he's playing angry, he's sort of, or, or, or at least he's explained, and tomorrow he's playing, um, you know, nice guy, so on and so forth. It's not, it's not like the person who has different personalities. It, it's, he's got a teaching personality. He is, he is a pedagogue, and he's picking tools of expression most for that particular kid. Or if you have a great actor, and in one scene he's doing tragedy, in one scene he's doing comedy, in one scene he's doing something like that. It's not three different people. It's this person <coughs> using the tool of expression that will get his message across. So all of the so-called attributes of God are really not um, different, they're not different attributes, so to speak, of God. They are different tools that God uses to get his message across to us. Sometimes he shouts his message. The message is one message, but sometimes it gets shouted. Sometimes it gets. Um, sometimes it, 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 it gets whispered. Sometimes it gets cuddled and hugged us. But but it's the same. It's the same God, and that is the key of understanding how when we study different modes of God, what we're talking about. It actually was one of the very very sticking points in, in any Kabbalah work that that's dealing for beginners. There is a, 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 a tremendous amount of repetition of this point. Again and again, let me warn you, 
We're not dealing with different attributes. It's all one and the same and, 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 and so on and so forth. This is like endless. Don't, you know, because they feel they're doing a disfavor by speaking of Sfirot when basically taking a believing Jew and turning him into, a, into an Apicorus. I mean, there was the, there, there's a very famous Jew the Rivash. The Rivash was from the early generation of Kabbalah, the Rashba Talmud. And he was asked the following question. It's printed up in the, in the tshuva. Are not the Mikubalim worshipping idols when they believe in ten? So he says, so he explains it pretty much the way you explained it one way or another. And then he says, but, I remember the Marash Kenan who was a very big person. And when he, and, and when he used to daven, he didn't think of any of these firot. He used to daven like a child daven with his father, simple pure kavana. He studied this, but, but in practice, he focused on one God. And this was a very, very important point, not to um, confuse one without the other. Um, it, it's, it's probably the most, it, it was the reason, the main reason why Kabbalah was, was, was not given to the masses, why there was a reluctance to teach it to many people, was for that reason. That people would, would start making images out of it, A, since a lot of it deals with physical parallels, like the right hand, the left hand, and, and, and this is connected, this and that, anybody who doesn't have that fineness of thought would, would in his mind sort of make an image of God. And the second thing was that there would also be a type of, um, there would be this type of thinking that there are many gods. There's God when he's a good mood, God when he's a bad mood, God when he's receptive and so on. Okay, I, I would suggest holding it here. Um, this is sort of the end of, 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 of an accord. It's shorter than we usually do it, but uh, like you said, it's, uh, not everyone's here. The next one is a very, very fundamental part about God. One is I'd, I'd rather leave it for next time. Okay. What's the, yeah. What's the sheer kaima?